We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey folks, and welcome in to the Hook'em Hoops podcast. Texas goes on the road to Norman, Oklahoma and picks up their third quad one win of the season. Tommy Yarsh alongside Jason Kinander. Jason, I wasn't expecting this. You were, but I wasn't. Uh, Texas comes out, not only do they beat Oklahoma on the road, but they beat them by 15 in convincing fashion. Overall thoughts from the game. I mean, the first half was close, but Texas dominated the second half. Tommy, we have been clamoring for this Texas team to finally have a game in Big 12 play against high-level competition, period, where they really dominate the pace and win on both ends of the floor and just outdo their opponent. And it came against good good competition. Number 11 OU, quad one game on the road. Texas now has their third quad one win. Tommy, the big misnomer in this game from you is the fact that Texas out-rebounded Oklahoma by 16. That was a statistic that had very rarely went in the Longhorns' favor. And when you get those rebounds, your offense is able to operate in its most efficient way. And that's how we saw Max Aces do what he does best. Dylan DeSue do what he does best. I'll let you take the spotlight talking about Kendall Weaver because he had himself a great game. But Tommy, this was Texas's most complete performance of the year and coming out on the heels of a win against Baylor at home it's hard not to be excited about this team what do you think about the win yeah jason my first line here in my notes is literally all caps texas out rebounds a team we i don't think we've even said that this year and if we have it's only been because they get you know maybe two or three more boards 40 to 24 was the margin dylan DeSue and dylan mitchell almost out-rebounded Oklahoma as a team. They had 23 boards. OU had 24. And then DeSue adds the the double-double with 19 points. He's been just phenomenal. And, Jason, I feel like we haven't talked about this. Since when can Dylan DeSue shoot threes? That was a big surprise for me coming into this year. He shot two, he had two out of three. And he's just been really shooting well from beyond the arc. We didn't see that a lot last year, at least that I can remember. So that's been a pleasant surprise, I guess I'll say. But... Uh, what stood out to me, and what I think the, for lack of a better term, X factor in this game was Kendall Weaver. And we have been banging this door all season. Play Kendall Weaver. Play Kendall Weaver. 
Ronnie Terry plays him for 28 minutes, which I believe is his highest of the season so far. If not, it's very close. Definitely. And he comes in and gives you 11 points, four boards, and just all around hustle play. He was everywhere flying around. Um, I think his, what I think what his best play was in transition was, I can't remember who, you know, got a contested layup up. He didn't make it. Kendall Weaver just flies in from like a free throw line and just like, tips it right back in for two points. It's it's plays like that where a defense looks at it and it's just like, what can you do? What can you do? K- Kendall Weaver's the what can you do kind of guy in basketball where he just makes some plays where he just sit there and shrug. And there's nothing more that you can do defensively. He just wants it more. He hustles more. He's, at, he's insanely athletic. And that's why he's able to make those kinds of plays. So I think his impact has been fantastic. And I think his minutes are starting to take Brock Cunningham's, which I know is going to pain many Texas fans, but if you want to win basketball games, that's what you have to do. Brock played 11 minutes in that game and still somehow found a way to get three fouls. It's it's unbelievable how he's able to do that, and he only adds three points during those 11 minutes. So I think Kendall Weaver is, excuse me, a much better usage of that time, and games like this show you just why. Now, you're going to have your growing pains here and there, but Jason, I don't know. I, I I don't know what you think, but I think Kendall Weaver is, is the clear answer for a solid, you know, six man and a guy who you can rely off a bench that has struggled so far this year. Yeah, he he certainly looks like their energy booster off the bench, which is great when you have a team that, you know, Texas hasn't operated that great in transition this year. They're usually outdone on the sec on the fast break points um by their opponent. And so to have a guy who kind of elevates the pace of the game on both ends of the floor. Like we always see Kendall Weaver flying around the court for these offensive rebounds, loose balls, kind of like the little things that Brock Cunningham did in the past that he's not doing as much of this year. Plus Kendall Weaver is also a very good shooter when he has open looks. He's attacking the basket more, playing more confidently, distributing the ball. Tommy, I'm excited to see the final version of Kendall Weaver, the sophomore year version of Kendall Weaver, towards March because I think that he still hasn't tapped into the best version of himself on this Texas team. With that being said, another player who is playing at their absolute best is Max Aismith. And somehow he's really not getting the attention that he probably deserves in the big 12. This is a guy who is playing at a first team, all big 12 level third in the conference in scoring. He has contributed directly to all of Texas's biggest wins this season. He's hit game winners in two of Texas's four biggest wins of the season. I mean, that in of itself is massive. But at this point of the year, Max Aismas is a given to give you 20 points a night, another five or so assists. And Tommy, he's taking good shots now. He's taking shots that he practices, that he makes. He's taking rhythm shots. He's taking catch-and-shoot shots, open looks, contested looks. He's making most of them now. That is a huge revelation for this Texas offense. And then my last note on the offense, in our last show, I said that this game against Oklahoma should have been a big Dylan DeSue game because of the mismatch with the bigs, and it was. DeSue had his first double-double of the season, really found his stride down the stretch, just like you said. I mean, shooting three-pointers, taking contested turnaround jump shots. He has elevated his offensive game, and I'm ready to say that he looks like an NBA player if he stays healthy for the rest of the season. So I am tremendously impressed by this win. As you pointed out at the start of the show, I maybe saw it coming a little more than you did, but I'm still impressed. I did not expect a 15-point win, and I certainly didn't expect the full effort that we saw. You know, the turnovers still need to need to slow down, but I didn't expect the full effort. Any last takeaways from the Oklahoma win before we pivot to another huge game this weekend for the Longhorns? 
Yeah, Jason, I think you hit the nail on the head when you talked about Max Acemus. It, feel, it feels like at the start of the year, it was more, I'm Max Acemus. I'm the NCAA's current all or current active leading scorer. I can shoot 50 shots a game and probably lead my team to a win, right? Wrong. That's not how it worked. He took a lot of bad shots. He would just chuck some stuff up and pray that it went in. Granted, some of it did, but now he's being so much more efficient. You don't have to look at the box score and, and cringe anymore when you look at Max Eastmas's line because, like Roddy Terry has said all year, he's going to hit his averages, but now he's hitting his averages and he's doing so more efficiently. I mean, when he, I'm trying to find the specific number from this Oklahoma game, but it was certainly more impressive when he gives you 22 points, 8 of 14 from the field instead of maybe – 12 of 24 things like that where he, he shoots it a little bit more and makes it less and then he hits four threes too i, I think his three ball has really been on target through the last couple of games i mean he hit one from oklahoma city in this last game so <laughs> his efficiency is big for texas he's been a very good the last couple of games distributing the ball getting so getting that assist column up a little bit which i think is is very beneficial for him uh, especially when he gets in trouble and when he gets keyed in on offensively so one thing we haven't talked about, we talked a lot about the Texas offense. How about their defense, Jason? This is the last two games we talked about in the Baylor game where Baylor went, I don't remember exactly how long it was down the stretch with only like two field goals and that Jalen Bridges three-pointer was like the last field goal they had made in I think five plus minutes. In this game, Oklahoma only made two field goals in the last five and a half minutes. I mean, where is this coming from with this Texas defense? Is it, is it, Jason, I'll ask you, is it more Texas playing good defense or are teams just not hitting their shots? Because usually you see teams kind of find their rhythm at the end of a game and close really strong, especially teams that have been playing like Baylor and Oklahoma have this year. But now that's two straight games where Texas's opponents just go on this massive dry spell. At the, and even Texas goes three and a half minutes without a field goal to close the game. Yeah. I think it's a mixture of the two things that you mentioned and a third factor. So the two things that you mentioned are, first of all, opponents missing makeable shots. I mean, Oklahoma missed a number of layups right at the rim that should have went in and a couple of open threes. So Texas is still getting a little bit of a lucky roll, but that's just basketball. You know, that happens to both teams in every game. You can't really take away from the defense in that point. Texas has made good adjustments defensively. They are closing out games better. Their defensive scheme and the lineups that Rodney Terry is using, he seems to be favoring a lineup where the guys can really run and and guard positions. I mean, for most of the guys, except for Max Smith, guard positions outside of just a one-on-one, -on -one, you know, man coverage. And so I think that with guys like Kendall Weaver, Dylan Mitchell, guys who really run up and down the floor, can guard any position. They're going to play athletic, physical defense. Like, that's the difference. Texas is hustling more. They're closing out better. They're operating in transition. They're closing games. So that is the biggest factor. But the third factor for me, and this is something that I want to talk about a little bit here, is Texas is getting the benefit of some of these mismatches. They had more size than OU. Uh, Caden Shedrick played four minutes, but that's an Oklahoma team that really only plays two bigs. And two bigs, and the third being John Hewley, who is a notoriously bad defender. And so Texas was always going to win that matchup. If they were to have won the game, they were always going to win the matchup of the bigs. Even in the Baylor game, this is a smaller Baylor team. I mean, Eve Misi had a fine night, but this isn't the Jonathan Tachambo Chachua of a couple of years ago. And so it's a smaller Baylor team. I'm worried if Caden Shedrick isn't able to get healthy 
that there are certain teams in this conference and, of course, in this country that Texas just won't be able to run with because they don't have the size. You know, they have the luxury of Dylan Mitchell being able to truly guard positions one through five. And Dylan DeSue, if he stays healthy, is a good enough defender. But outside of that, you know, that's asking a lot out of Tyrese Hunter and some of the guys off the bench who come from smaller programs. You know, Kendall Weaver and Zarek Gunyama have looked good in flashes, but those guys still need experience guarding high major basketball players. And so I'm worried if Caden Shedrick can't come back. You know, the BYU game this weekend, which we'll get into previewing here in a couple of minutes won't be as much of an issue with the size at least down low but then you get into some of the big dogs like houston tcu iowa state those are three teams with good front courts and i worry about what texas is going to be able to do against those teams both offensively and defensively if they don't have that two-headed monster down low of the sue and chedrick yeah jason i think it's it's safe that you kind of look towards the guard play as your avenue to winning this league right you look around the big 12 entirely and a lot of these teams are based around how their guards play and that's where games are won i'm not saying that you know the front court is completely irrelevant or anything like that but good guard play is going to win you games in the big 12 so texas has a scoring advantage in that department when you have guys like max Asmus, when tyrese hunter is playing really well if it horton finds his shot and he's playing really well but defensively you're right you do kind of raise an eyebrow a little bit and i think this is a good segue for us going into the this byu preview uh they go texas goes on the road against byu this is their third straight ranked opponent that the the longhorns will be playing BYU, one of the better three-point shooting teams out there. I mean, Mark Pope has always wanted to shoot the ball really well. They did not last year. I think it was right around 32%. They're already back up to 36% from three. And Trevin Cannell is hitting 45% of his shots from beyond the arc, and he's shooting six threes a game. I mean, this is a Texas team that really struggles defending the perimeter. So that's what worries me about this BYU matchup, Jason. Not necessarily the size advantage that the Longhorns have, and that has proven to be valuable in some games, but... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. The, these, these guards for BYU are really good and they can really shoot the ball. And Texas has shown sometimes this year that they struggle to defend against that. As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and we'll have special offers for the listeners and the viewers of the Field of 68 each and every week of the college basketball season. We have a special offer that will be available starting on Tuesday, January 9th and running through Monday, February 12th, the morning after Super Bowl 58. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, in honor of the big game, you can use the bonus code FIELD158 and you'll get $158 in free bets on your first wager with BetMGM, regardless of whether or not you win that first bet. Here's how you make it work. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD158. Deposit at least $5 and place your first wager on any game. You'll receive $158 in bonus bets regardless of the outcome of your bet. Just make sure that you use that bonus code FIELD158 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly, which happens quite a bit. When you cross state borders, you just log into your existing account and fire away. You don't have to create separate accounts in each state. It's easy, it's simple, it's clean. And most importantly, we have some fun stuff coming up for the heart of the college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops, odd boosts, and my favorite, a nice juicy parlay boost. So download the BetMGM app and sign up today. Field 158. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Tommy. And the first thing that I want to point out about this BYU game, this is, by the metrics, the highest-ranked opponent that Texas has faced this season. BYU is net number five. They have one of, if not the highest-rated net defense ever. So if Texas is going to win this game, it's going to have to be in a way that they haven't won very many games this year through defense and grinding it out. We know they can make the timely shots, but this is also the most hostile environment that Texas has played in yet this year, headed up to the Marriott Center in Provo, a very hostile fan base, great basketball town. BYU is a fantastic team this year. Tommy, I am so excited for this game, but I'm also worried from a Texas standpoint. Obviously, I talked about the bigs. This isn't a very big driven uh, BYU team. Ali Khalifa does a good enough job down low, but this is a team that has positional length everywhere else. Jackson Robinson is a six foot seven guard who comes off the bench and is actually their leading scorer. He's a guy who will likely play in the NBA next year. Obviously you have to worry about who's going to guard him. The starting point guard for BYU is Spencer Johnson. He's six foot five. And so when you think about that, six foot five, good ball handler, good facilitator, that's a big mismatch on Max Aismas. Now, I do need to say Aismas has done a better job on defense than I think anyone expected him to coming into this conference, but this is a mismatch. And so I am so curious to see how Texas plans on winning this game because you pointed it out. The number one thing is defending the three ball. And Trevin Nell shoots 45% from three. He's one of the best shooters anywhere in the country. And so Texas is going to need to win this game in ways they haven't won yet this year. They're going to need to hit the big shot which they've done, but outside of that, they're going to need to defend the perimeter. They're going to need to do a good job of switching because otherwise Spencer Johnson's going to back down Max Aismas and score 20 on Texas. And this is also a BYU team that's very deep. They have 11 players who play 10-plus minutes a night. So Texas is going to have to be well-watched up on film. The guys are going to have to be very loose. 
Texas has only went seven or eight deep in most of their recent games. So going against a BYU team that brings in 11 guys, there are going to be some fresh legs running around that Marriott Center court. So I hope that Texas is really focused in this one. It's easy to kind of um, lose your focus after winning back-to-back big games. But the implications of this game are massive. Texas jumped from 56 in the net to 42, 14 spots after that win over Oklahoma on the road. Tommy, if they beat number five, BYU, they could, you know, a week ago we were talking about how this wasn't a tournament team. If they beat BYU, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but they could be at the eight or nine seed line. That is an unbelievable jump in two weeks. Yeah, it is a really crazy it is a really crazy jump, Jason. But I'm not sure if I'm not sure they're there just yet. And the reason why is because of BYU's defense, right? Texas's entire philosophy coming into this season and every game has been we're gonna score 90 points and we're probably gonna give up 89. Obviously, they didn't do that last game, but they're looking to outscore you. This is not a team that's going to outdefend you, I don't think, especially with a team as good as BYU is on defense. So That's what concerns me about this game. I think this game is going to be very telling for what type of coach Rodney Terry is. When we look back at the X's and O's of this game, how he approaches it and how he tries to crack this BYU defense, it's going to tell us a lot about what he's able to do. If he's able to win this game, I think it's the most resounding victory in the Rodney Terry era, even dating back to last year, I would say, just because... This team is so defensively sound. Like you mentioned, Jason, it's one of the harsher environments in the Big 12. It's going to tell me a lot about Rodney Terry, and he's kind of been on the hot seat, and he had the whole horns down debacle that we talked about here a couple weeks ago. By the way, 2-0 since that happened against two top 15 teams, so maybe people should start throwing horns down at him more if it's going to light a fire under Texas like it has. But... um, it's going to tell me a lot about Ronnie Terry, and we could say that this that this game and really every game going forward is a big Dylan DeSue game. I think this is a very important Dylan DeSue game since he more than likely, if BYU does a good job of defending the perimeter like they have at some points of the year, they're going to have to lean on his advantage in the blow post. And defensively, I'm looking at Dylan Mitchell in this game, Jason. You mentioned the deep rotation that BYU has. Mitchell's the guy who can fly around everywhere and just sort of feel like he's everywhere on the floor. And he's had a couple of games in his Texas career where he's been able to do that. So if he can replicate that kind of performance and then lead you with some fast breaks on the other way, he's great in transition. He's great near the rim. So he might not necessarily put up 20 points, but if he's playing good for you on defense, he's going to, he's going to be athletic. You know that you're going to get that from Dylan Mitchell every night. And if he can be everywhere for you defensively, you know, Texas has more of a chance of winning this game, but uh, if we if we delve into the predictions game right now, um, I don't know, Jason. I, I, I'm i kind of with you. I, I'm a little worried about this game for Texas. Uh, you know, it's great that they've been hot, and sometimes you can kind of get caught up in the hype a little bit. Uh, so bring your, bringing myself down to earth a little bit looking at this game, I recognize how good BYU has been defensively. Sure, they've lost – the last two games, but I think their last game was against Houston and not a lot of teams are going to beat Houston this year, Jason. But um, so I'm thinking I'm taking BYU in this game. Not sure by how many points I I, I can't give you that, but I I think the Cougars win this one at home. I'm going to have to agree with your prediction there. I'm going to take BYU outright, but I'm going to say that 
Texas has a better chance than I would have thought two weeks ago. Obviously, with the recent resurgence, beating Baylor, beating Oklahoma, this is a much better team than it was two weeks ago. But this is a game that I've been worried about because of the mismatches. BYU is a deep team. They do everything well that Texas doesn't necessarily do well. So it's just a bad matchup for Texas. Now, with that being said, this is a BYU team that has struggled in Big 12 play. And they struggled at home as well. They lost to Houston at home this week. They lost to Cincinnati at home on Saturday. So we could be looking at a situation where this is a BYU team that has sort of been um, misanalyzed to this point. People say that the net could be a flawed metric. I'm not going to get into that right now. But this could be another game that Texas steals simply because this BYU team isn't as good as the metrics and as the ranking and as some of the numbers say they are. Now, with that being said, I am taking BYU outright, but if Texas will win, the key to this game for me, you said Dylan Mitchell, I'm going to go with Tyrese Hunter. Tyrese Hunter is going to be asked to do a lot defensively between guarding Trevin Nell, one of the best three-point shooters in the country, switching on to Spencer, Spencer Johnson, guarding Jackson Robinson off the bench. Tyrese Hunter is going to need to be at his absolute best defensively, but on the other side of the court offensively, we've seen in recent games such as against Baylor and even back in December against LSU, when Tyrese Hunter takes over, this is a hard Texas team to beat. So Tyrese Hunter can put it together, have a good game on both ends of the court. We've talked the past few weeks. You know you're going to get 15 to 20 from A. Smith. You know you're going to get double digits from Dylan DeSue. That might be all it takes in a low-scoring, grinded-out game. So I'm going to go with BYU as well, but I wouldn't be as shocked as I would have been two weeks, three weeks, even a month ago if Texas can pull this one out. Any last thoughts on the game? Yeah, no, I, I think you, you again, nailed it all on the head. Uh, I, I understand the, the speculation about BYU. You know, they've had that tough stretch drop in the last two, but this is the Big 12. It's going to happen to teams. It, it happened to Texas. They lost two in a row before they came into Baylor. And like you mentioned, Jason, you and I were on here questioning whether or not this was even a tournament team coming into that Baylor game and now back-to-back -back wins they're right back clear in the picture a win against BYU would really hammer them closer into the picture and then you know we I said after the Oklahoma game that this BYU game was a big test the biggest of all the tests comes next in Houston when they host the Cougars at home the Longhorns certainly have the advantage of having that game at the Moody Center but Houston is is tough, man. They're really tough. Kelvin Sampson's crew is, is fantastic, and that team really from top to bottom is fantastic. You see kind of a different version of Max Aismas and LJ Cryer. Jamal Shedd has been playing really well. Uh, and then after that, it's your favorite team, TCU, out in Fort Worth. So <laughs> it, it, it's not going to get any easier. It hasn't been easy for BYU. It hasn't been easy for Texas. But here we are, right? That, it, every night you're going to be guaranteed a good game, and I think we do have a good one on Saturday, but if BYU is able to knock down some of those perimeter shots and lock in defensively against Texas, Jason, this could get really ugly, to be frank with you. Yeah, it could get ugly. I mean, like I mentioned a couple minutes ago, this is a BYU team that does everything well and Texas does not. And so when you look at that on paper, this is a game that can go haywire pretty quickly. As yeah. for the Houston game, I, uh, I have a question about that with you, and it doesn't have anything to do with the players on the court. I don't know if you have noticed, but I noticed a couple of days ago that this game is being, I've never seen this in my four years at this school. This game is being branded as a stripe out game, which is sort of a trend in college basketball. Memphis has done it a couple times this year. You know, I, I, I have mixed thoughts on it. I think that like, 
there's a good chance like a lot of the season ticket holders are older no offense to our older listeners at home but not all of those people are on twitter and on social media so first of all it's not going to be a full stripe out it's just not the student section isn't big enough to make the crowd look like a, a full stripe out do you think that this is going to work when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, I'm leaning no, man. I'm leaning no. And here's why. Here's why, right? So Texas, if you look at Texas's brand, I have never seen anything striped with Texas. If this was, you know, Tennessee or Indiana, where you have stripes involved in some way with the fan base or with the team, then that would make more sense. I've never seen stripes involved at Texas. It it doesn't make now. If the if Texas you know lines the Moody Center with the the you know shirts or something, and you in your section, they tell you to wear the shirt because you're in that section. Then that makes a little bit more sense. Are they going to do that? Probably not. Uh, it, it, if they did it, would it still work? Probably not. But uh, it's it's a cool concept. I mean, I understand the concept, and you're trying to get some sort any sort of advantage really um but the longhorns haven't they haven't done that before and they've been really good at home so you know all all due respect to houston as a basketball team but that i don't think they're the best team that texas has played on their home floor like i wouldn't say they're playing the 96 bulls at the moody center on monday to where you need to do you need to you know pull out all the tricks to try and get an advantage but uh, yeah, I'm leaning towards it doesn't work, man. This is this is the big home game remaining this year. You know, they That's don't true. play Kansas at home, and they already played Tech, and it was over winter break. I just want to say the thing that I like about this, you know, we joke about if it's going to work, and I agree with you. I don't think it's going to work either. I, I am frequently laughed at by my Chicago-based friends and family for how much Texas gear I have. And absolutely none of it is white. So I don't I don't know how that's going to play for everyone else. But I know that if I were to be going to the game, I don't think that I'd be able to sit in half the sections because I don't have white Texas gear. But with that being said, I have thought to myself so many times this year that what this year has been missing on campus, and part of it is because of the football team playing so well and making it to the playoff. But we, we've been missing the buzz and excitement about the basketball team, you know, like the meet and greets and the free stuff and like the rallies on campus. Those were all figments of the Chris Beard era, but they didn't have to leave just because he got, you know, he had to leave. And so I think this is a step in the right direction for Texas. The Moody Center is a great home environment because of the way it's built. It becomes like a top 10 home environment if you can fill it and truly have a buzz. Tommy, I will never forget the Gonzaga game last year. That was one of the most wild atmospheres I've ever been in for any sport. And that hasn't been matched since. And so getting people excited about the basketball team, giving them free stuff. I mean, God, it's all college students. Who doesn't love free stuff at our age? So you like seeing the school take the step in the direction of getting people excited about the program again. And uh, yeah, I like it. Last thing that I have to say is got to love the sweatshirt today in honor of Texas signee Trey Johnson being named to the All-American game. How many consecutive All-American games is this with a Texas commit? I uh, 
you know, they had Ron Holland last year and Dylan Mitchell the year before. It feels like, you know, it feels like they've had one almost every year. I think for, for reference sake, we can just stick with at least three just because we know that. And, you know, the Ron Holland era at Texas didn't last very long, but. Uh, That's how long he lasted was, was that game. There was the one that, time he represented Texas on a basketball court. Essentially, yeah. Um, and then shout out to Vic Schaefer's crew, two McDonald's All-Americans for the women's team as well. And they're, you know, they lost, they lost to Oklahoma, but they're still playing really well. Um, Madison Booker is, is basically Kevin Durant. Like she is so much fun to watch. Uh, she's my favorite player in the country by far. When I watch women's basketball, you can you can have Caitlin Clark, you can have Angel Reese. Madison Booker's a walking bucket. I I enjoy the hell out of watching her. She is awesome. She is awesome. I think that we should talk more about the women's team. Give them a little bit more credit. I mean, they've been winning so many games this year up to this week. They were ranked number ten before losing to Oklahoma at home. But, you know, men's, women's, the basketball culture at Texas needs to get back to what it was the past few years. I love when the football team is good, as do you, but I don't like when it takes away from the basketball excitement on campus. And so you hope that a big home win against Houston on Monday, ESPN's big Monday will be there. It's an 8 p.m. tip-off, so people won't have class. There's no excuse for the place not to be full. That's the big game at home this season for me. And Tommy, if Texas is able to pull out a win in the Marriott Center on Saturday, and then they come into the Moody Center Monday night, winners of their last three, all against ranked opponents, against their top opponent at home this season, I mean, we're going to have to be ready to have some pretty serious conversations about this Longhorn team. Yeah, yeah, we will have some serious conversations about this Longhorn team if they do that. Jason, I, I, I'm i going to be completely honest with you. I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer. I don't think they do. But if they do, uh, yeah, we're going to have to buckle up, man. We're going to really have to buckle up. Longhorn fans are going to have to buckle up because it might get pretty crazy. Might get pretty crazy indeed as we inch closer to March. College basketball feels more and more present. You got to love it. Texas versus BYU this weekend. Winners of the last two against ranked opponents. Longhorns will try and make it three in a row. Thank you guys for joining us. We will get together again to talk about that game and preview the Houston game before Monday. Until then, take care of yourselves. Jason Canander, Tommy Yarish, on behalf of Hook'em Hoops in the field of 68, all the best. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online, schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.